Say that is a pretty cool intro. Thanks, man. Did you write this song? Yes, sir. Heck yeah. I was born a sounder. Pilot and tacked on little rust But I'm still loving you the same You ain't half as sweet As you used to be But you still love me and I can't complain It's been a long hard ride Been to the ringer a couple of times So on the album we'll cover for this song, is that your band? We'll Formerly, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I had the van for a while, but he got We're totaled. No. <laughs> the van is no more, but yeah, it was a good time while it lasted. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, cowboys and cowgirls, welcome to the CB Rodeo Show, where we talk about nothing but rodeo cowboys and the Western lifestyle. I'm sitting down here at the Old Saloon in Immigrant, Montana, out here in Paradise Valley. Shout out to the Old Saloon. Um, sitting here with my buddy. Well, they call him Rooster. That's just his name. Well, he's got a real name, but he doesn't go by that name. So Rooster it is. Now, this fella right here, I'll tell you what, he... He's in one hell of a band, the Reckless Rooster and the Ranch, a one-man band. So uh, here he is, and that was just one of his songs on his newest album that you just heard, "Sad Bastard Tunes." So, uh, well, Rooster, you ready? Yes, sir. All right. Well, <laughs> thanks for agreeing to sit down with me. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, I got to say, this is the first, like I mentioned before, this is the first time I ever just sat in a bar and just recorded. You know, I could get down with this. Yeah, I know. I gotta make. I ought to make this a regular thing. This man. ought to be a regular thing. You ought to just meet people up in old saloons and honky tonk. Yeah, exactly. Hell you know? yeah, yeah. But um, you know, so I was kind of looking it up. So I, I heard you last night here, actually, uh, and I heard you before, kind of dealing. Um, I'm just amazed in the fact that you know, you you play all, your songs. It's all you just playing. Yeah, it is. And people, I get, I get asked the question, you know, with the whole reckless rooster in the ranch. People are like, "Who is the ranch?" Mm-hmm. Well, the, the big secret is I am the ranch. Even, even on the full length album, you know, where there's, you know, ten different instruments playing, it's actually all me playing all of them. Really? Yeah. There is no, there is no backing band. I'm my own backing band. Yeah. I'm reckless rooster, and I'm the ranch. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, you know. It's like one-man bands where they that was started. I I'm kind of a history nerd here. That was started like back in the um, the dark ages, actually. You know, they had these like these street performers that yeah. were, you know, and and then you know it, it went on all the way up until you know late 1800s, early 1900s. You know, playing in well bars like this. That yeah. Was, you know, and yep. And uh, since then, you know, and then 
it, up until the, there was a couple of guys that were somewhat well known in the 50s and 60s kind of deal and it just kind of eventually died out you don't see a whole lot of it anymore you know and so how i guess the, what why? i'm getting at yeah why <laughs> why, why the one man <laughs> band yeah well uh um what's that they say uh necessity is the mother of invention or something like that mm-hmm. you know or uh maybe i'm getting it wrong but you get the gist uh I live in Pinedale, Wyoming, which is the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. You know, we're uh, we're 100 miles from everything, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, the claim to fame for Pinedale a long time ago was that it was the farthest town from a railroad. Oh, really? 100 miles is a long way yeah. from a railroad when you're in, like, 1900. Yeah. You know? Like, that's a long way. That's way out there. I mean, we're talking before cars. Mm-hmm. You know, so if, if you're yeah. 100 miles and you got to ride a horse... Yeah. To get to the railroad, that's a long way. Take you about a week almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about several days, you know, like um, Pinedale, back in those days before it was really Pinedale, was the Upper Green River, mm-hmm. and it was the Upper Green River Cattle Association. There are all these cowboys raising raising cattle and stuff like that, and, and they would they would push them 100 miles down to the train to, o, to Opal, mm-hmm. Opal, Wyoming, and that's kind of where they'd ship off from. So, yeah, being out in the middle of nowhere, that's a great perspective of like how rural Pinedale really is mm-hmm. in today's terms I like to tell people oh yeah we're a uh, hundred miles from your nearest Walmart or McDonald's yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know <laughs> in uh, today's terms because mm-hmm. the railroad isn't so much a staple as it was you know back then yeah but uh that's that's kind of how the one-man band thing happened uh, I was always a musician I always loved playing music and, uh, you know, I wrote my own songs for a long time. Like, I played in a punk rock band when I was in high school, like, since I was 15. Oh, okay. I always kind of played music. And, you know, when I was in my early 20s and I went out and I used to cowboy, pack mules and stuff like that. Um, I couldn't really play punk rock by myself, you know. It's yeah. just kind of like you got you to gotta have at least have a trio. You got to have a drummer and a mm-hmm. bass player and then you can kind of play punk rock. And so I had to adapt. And I started playing country music because I always loved country. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up playing the fiddle. I grew up on my grandfather's old country music. He was big into Merle and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and so I started learning country and singing country because you could do that by yourself. You know, country music, when you strip all the elements away, is one guy and a guitar and a story to tell. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is what country music is, you know. It basically balladeering. Mm-hmm. And so I, I started doing country music when I was out cowboying and ranching. When I decided I wanted to play music full time, I was like, "All right, well, I got to do something cooler than just sing and play guitar." Because every cowboy sings and plays guitar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like that's not interesting. Mm-hmm. It's cool, but it's not that interesting. And I had been in a in marching band. I, I marched in the drum line through high school and into college. Okay. And so I'm like, you know, I got, I'm pretty good at keeping time with my feet. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of what marching is. One, you know, one, two, three, four, just over and over. And I was like, well, if I can do that, I could probably stomp on a drum. Yeah. If you can tap your foot to the beat, you can stomp on a drum. So I'm like, all right, we're going to add that. So this is the first thing I added was the kick drum. And so I would just stomp my foot to the beat while I played on mm-hmm. a kick drum. And eventually I was like, well, I could probably hit the offbeats too, you know? Yeah. If I can step one and then step the other foot and just do it in time, then we're going there. So then I added the, you know, the tambourine and stuff that's on the other side. Mm-hmm. And uh, once I finally got that off the ground and flying, I was like, well, I've seen them guys with them harmonica racks. And uh, 
I could probably learn to do that too. So I added that in and started learning to do that. And, I mean, it kind of just became what it is now, you know. And yeah. Then I started to add multiple instruments because I was like, well, what would be be kind of cool if I did something besides the guitar. You know, I've always been a fiddler mm-hmm. for years since I was since I was little, and I was like, well, I could probably I could probably play the drums with my feet and play a fiddle tune at the same time. So I started doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, the dobro came in eventually as well, just a random instrument. I was like, people don't play that. Yeah. It'd be cool to add something different. People are like, what instrument is this? You know, like, I get asked all the time. They, they don't know what it is. They think it's a steel guitar or something like that. I'm like, yeah. there's similarities, but it's a dobro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, uh, yeah, it's kind of the birth of the one-man band from Pinedale. It's just adding different elements to do something cool that nobody else is doing. And also because... I mean, having a, a an actual band, you know, with multiple members and other people playing those instruments, this is not very feasible where I live. So yeah. I kind of just had to take the reins and, and, and be, you know, just facilitate it for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like like you said, it was, one, it's crazy too, like watching you, you're just, I mean, <laughs> running about 90 miles an hour. Yeah, it's just like, uh, yeah. Get a hell of a workout doing you don't even You don't even need a gym membership, dude. You just, no, it is a hell of a workout. And I, and I don't take breaks. I usually play uh, three hour shows at bars, three hours straight. Mm-hmm. I just go one song to the next to the next. You know, I might, might take a quick breather or sip on a beer for a second or change instruments or tune my guitar. But yeah. I like to I like to not stop the music mm-hmm. and just keep going. So yeah, it's a it's a bit of cardio workout. Yeah. Well, then, <laughs> yeah. No, he's, yeah. You're sitting there. I was, like I said, I was watching you running 90 miles an hour, just boom, 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 and you know playing the guitar at the same time. And it's like, man, I well, first off, I don't know how you you know when you're running that fast and stuff, how you can keep that beat constantly going like that. It it's impressive. I gotta say, it is very impressive. Honestly, I I don't know myself. If you think about it too much, you'll fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like anything, really. Yeah, yeah. You just, you just kind of just got to go with the flow. Well, and so the other thing too we were talking about is so this isn't your full time deal in the summertime. You're a firefighter. Um, right. well, sort of. Yeah. Um, I am a firefighter at home as well. Oh. Um, Sublette County, Wyoming, which is Pinedale, the county seat. So I'm the uh, county fire prevention officer for oh, Sublette okay. County, Wyoming, and so I. Uh, I do a lot of public education and like I'm the guy that goes to the school and teaches kids to stop, drop and roll and yeah. stuff like that. You yeah. know, like when you think fire prevention, you think social media and like public public service announcements or, you know, public education, public presentations. Mm-hmm. You know, we do we do a lot of other things around the community. We, we install smoke detectors for like low income families and stuff like that. Like we'll go to your house and put them in there for you for free. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of cool, cool perks to that job. So that's my... Uh, that's my, I guess, my adult job yeah. <laughs> is uh, is being a fireman, a volunteer fireman, actually. Sublet County is all volunteer, but oh, okay. I'm one of the few people who works in the office with, you know, with the administration mm-hmm. and uh, what we call the command staff, which is kind of the core of what keeps the thing running and, mm-hmm. you know, facilitates the various programs that the fire department tries to implement. Recruitment and retention is a big part of my job, too. Okay. Like, I'm, uh, I'm out there trying to, trying to convince people to join us, but... Uh, yeah, at the end of the day, it's a volunteer organization. It's a rural community, you know. Like when I, when I respond to your house on fire or a car wreck or something like that, it's volunteer. You know, we're not we're not paid full timers to do that stuff. That's still that's still volunteer. Yeah. yeah um, in the summer, yeah, what you were getting at, um, 
we have a we have a thing in the summer where we send out send out engines and we uh, assist the feds, so like the Forest Service or the BLM, okay. with all the big fires that you get in the summer. And so, yeah, probably about Memorial Day through pert near Halloween, mm-hmm. I'm out on an engine helping suppress large large federal fires. Oh, so yeah. that ends up being kind of a full-time job in the summer, so I don't really tour. I wouldn't say I don't ever play in the summer, but mm-hmm. it's rare and it's hit and miss. And it's usually at home in Pinedale. I'll just play like a local yeah. local bar or restaurant or something when I happen to be home between deployments. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm out fighting fire most of the summer solid. Yeah. And that's 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 awesome. And thank you for what you do, man, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, well, so one of the things I was trying to get at to with that is so in the wintertime, you know, you're running mock chicken over here playing the... Yes, playing sir. all these instruments stuff does it does yep. it keep you in shape for summertime then? uh i feel like it it probably lends to it yeah yeah or you know maybe vice versa doing the stuff we do in the summer all that hiking around the mountains and stuff kind of keeps you in shape for whatever you're going to do in the winter yeah you know it's a it's a cardio event for sure mm-hmm. you know like you might hike several miles a day for 14 days straight and you're carrying your pack you might be carrying a saw your tools you know, you might you might be carrying hose bundles or stuff like that, or what, whatever whatever the job requires for the day. You know, like you're you're always you're always walking. Yeah. And 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 it's usually not on level ground. Yeah. <laughs> usually not. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, in a way, this is kind of like a nice break thing. You're inside. You know, just you know. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know. I, I mean, mean, you're still working. You know, obviously, but I don't mind being outside. But yeah. yeah it, you know, I got, I, I've never been a stranger to blue-collar work or, yeah. or hard work. You know, I when I when I graduated high school, I went out cowboying, and mm-hmm. cowboying, as you know, is not it's not an easy job. No, you're always busy. It's physical. You don't have to go to the gym because your job is going to the gym, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've never been more fit in my life than when I was cowboying. Yeah, throwing hay bales and. Mm-hmm. You know, working on the working on the dude string when I did some of that. I mean, you would you'd throw fifty saddles on in a day. That's a whole lot of lifting, and yeah. you know, putting shit up above over your head, and then you you're doing all the feeding on top of that, mm-hmm. riding, which is a great core workout too. Like, there's just not a lot of downtime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you know, I've never been a stranger to hard work, and I I like I like doing those kinds of things. Cowboying was fun. Mule packing was fun. Mm-hmm. Fighting wildland fires a lot of fun. You know, I'm just I'm a blue collar guy. I like blue collar work. I like to work with my hands. I like to work outside. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could ever. I don't think I could ever work behind a desk. Yeah. <laughs> no, I couldn't either. Just, no. Yeah. No, that would just drive me up a wall. You know. Um, I used to work for the railroad, just sitting in a locomotive for 12 hours at a time, and you know, start banging my head against the desk oh, sometimes. You know. But. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um. Yeah. So you mentioned a little bit ago you you're a songwriter too. Yeah. I. Uh, so. Um, I write, I write a lot, a lot of my own stuff. I mean, I do play some covers, but uh, I do play a lot of original music. I've mm-hmm. been a songwriter for a long time. Well, so that's you know, and a lot of pe- I know I'm sure a lot of people are wondering this when it comes to writing a song. What, what's kind of, and I'm sure every singer has a different way of doing it. But like, how do you go from you know, writing it, writing the music, and then putting it all together? To make a song you know or do you have like a certain 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I have an answer to this question, but it's always it's I find it's a weird one. Um, I don't have a I don't have a songwriting process. Like okay. I don't have a process where I like come up with chords or uh, or lyrics or ideas, and I write them down and I jumble them together until they fit or something like that. I don't I don't know what it what it really is. It's hard to define, but. Uh, I will say that when I write a song, it's it's really not my own song. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, the inspiration hits, and all I got to do is sit down and figure it out. Like it's just there. It's like I download it from the ether or something. Yeah. Like the songs come to me. I don't create them myself. Like they just pop into my head one day, mm-hmm. and all I got to do is maybe, maybe takes a half hour. I just got to sit down and write it out and figure out the figure out the lyrics, figure out the music. Mm-hmm. But it all just it manifests itself. You know, I I don't know. There is the, just yeah. <laughs> people are like, how do you do that? You know, I know people that will like write a song and they'll be they'll work mm-hmm. on it for six months and change things and edit things and stuff like that. And no, my my songs just. They download right out of the cloud, right into my brain, and yeah. I just I just plug them into my guitar, and they pop out like that. So do you? You don't have anything that's like an inspiration, like driving down the road and see a, um, you know, a cowboy out there pushing cattle, kind of deal. Like There's that. definitely inspiration. Yeah. yeah. Usually, usually I'll get inspired by something, mm-hmm. and uh, and the idea of where that song usually comes from might just sit in my brain. And kind of marinate for a while, mm-hmm. but the, the the actual song itself isn't isn't written over a lengthy period of time. Usually, it's real quick. I don't think I've spent more than an hour writing a song. No kidding. No, start to finish. Like when when the song decides it's ready to pop out of my brain, it's like a chicken laying an egg. You know, it just comes right out. Boom! Man. There it is. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. That I mean, that that takes talent right there. That talent or something they, yeah. i don't know <laughs> yeah i mean you hear stories about all you know these different singers and stuff that you know it takes some days they get like writer's block and mm-hmm. they just need like something to you know take some days to write a song up yeah and come up with something and just come up with it in about an hour you know it's it just it just manifests and i don't i don't really know how to explain my songwriting process because i don't have one mm-hmm. they you know like it just happens yeah definitely just happens yeah that that's insane. That is. <laughs> yeah. And so, tell me a little bit about more of like, because you, I mean, you play, God, I, don't, I lost count how many different instruments you were playing last night. You kind of went well, over some. Let's see. Um, in the regular show that I play, I switch between three primary instruments, which would be guitar, dobro, and fiddle. Mm-hmm. But then, in addition to that, I'm playing percussion with my feet. Yeah. And occasionally harmonica. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's like five or so. So did you kind of like when you were a kid? For did you just kind of start with one? Start learning how to play one specific one? And like what was work? my first instrument yeah, or stuff? Yeah. Like my first instrument was actually piano. I remember being a kid, and I was like, I really liked the fiddle. I just mm-hmm. thought it was cool. And I remember telling my folks, I was like, hey, the fiddle is really cool, and I want to I want to play the fiddle. Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay, you're going to take piano lessons. And I'm like, what the fuck is this yeah. shit? <laughs> like, this ain't no fucking fiddle. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the hell happened there. Like, 
probably ought to ask him, like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I want to play the fiddle, and you guys made me play the fucking piano. But uh, it, it was a good foundation, and I remember them saying something about, like, you know, the piano's a good foundation for anything in music. It mm-hmm. really was, because not only did I eventually, a few years later, start playing the fiddle, but, I mean, I played everything else, too. I played all the orchestra instruments when I was younger, not just fiddle. I played I played viola, I played cello, I played upright bass. Really? Yeah. And like like I said, I think a little while ago about the marching band stuff, I used to I used to be in the marching band, I used to be a percussionist. I used to uh, used to play the tenors, tenor drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a pit captain in college playing the four mallet marimba, <laughs> which is basically just a giant ass piano, right? Yeah, like the, yeah. you got two sticks on each hand and you play the piano. Mm-hmm. Um, so that piano lessons when I was six I guess translated to me yeah. being you know 21 or whatever I was when I was playing the marimba yeah it was the so, same thing so it just kind of you know evolved something just decided well I'm gonna pick up a guitar and learn how to play it too then I yeah know, then I I'm actually gonna... taught myself guitar when I was 15 oh okay I uh I remember I was I was a teenager and I was like well chick stick guys would play the guitar <laughs> so I'm gonna play the guitar and I'm gonna yep. get all the ladies and I went and got me the uh the the guitar book for the blue album from Weezer, <laughs> and I thought that was gonna get me laid, and it it didn't go over so well. But well, I did learn to play the guitar. <laughs> hell yeah! Yeah, you know, say it ain't so, man. That's gonna get you all the pussy. <laughs> so fifteen year old me thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so we'll fast forward back to today. You know, like just so. Fight fires, do all that in the summertime. When you you do this full time in the winter, you travel around. Well, I mean, basically. So, yeah. I mean, I have my job during the week, or mm-hmm. I mean, occasionally I take an extended tour. Mostly, I just play weekends when it's not fire season. You know, mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Um, sometimes I'll stack a few up. I might I might do like a Wednesday through a Sunday. Mm-hmm. A few times a year, I try to take like a big tour that's like two or three weeks. Like I was down in. Texas about a month ago or so. Mm-hmm. I did like a three week, three week tour that was about six thousand miles, you know. And I, it wasn't just Texas. I was in Wyoming. I was in Idaho, Colorado, Utah, bunch of different places in Texas, in and out because Texas is so big. It takes you several days to drive across it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, like so. Uh, I'm mostly in the mountain states when I play. Mm-hmm. Well, so does where you play kind of influenced your music at all so like oh absolutely yeah texas you know well there's that old alabama song we're gonna play in texas gotta have a fiddle in the band you know like (laughs) that's not a joke i mean it's kind of funny you know being a fiddler in texas is because texas does have that mentality just like the alabama song Mm -hmm. that like they want fiddle yeah when there's a country band in texas they want steel guitar and fiddle Mm because to them that's country but ironically, there's not a whole lot of fiddlers in Texas. Really? No. <laughs> no, you wouldn't believe it, right? You'd yeah. be like, oh, there's, there's probably a fiddle in every band in Texas yeah. right now. There's actually not. And so when I go down to Texas as a fiddler, people lose their minds. They're like, wow, this is fucking awesome. There's actually a fiddler. Yeah. You know, and that's what they really want to hear. They really want to hear fiddle. And I bring it to them, and, and they love it. Mm-hmm. I do really well in Texas. I'm also heavily influenced by uh, Texas songwriters. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I probably cover more Towns Van Zant than any other artist. 
Really? Big fan of Towns. Um, Guy Clark mm-hmm. was Towns. You know, Guy Guy and Towns were like best friends. I do do a number of Guy tunes. Always loved some Robert Earl Keane, you know. Love mm-hmm. Willie Nelson. Just any, anything that was in that, like, Red Dirt, Americana, Outlaw stuff that came out of Texas, you know. We're talking, yeah. like, between the 20s to the 70s. Mm-hmm. That's that's big influence for me. Really? Yeah, yeah. Blaze Foley. Love, oh, love, yeah. love me some Blaze Foley. Yeah. Like, Lefty Frizzell, you know. Like, all that, all that stuff is... Is definitely what influences me the most in my own style and my songwriting is those guys. So yeah, yeah. Well, I liked that uh, last night. Play a little Tom Russell, even. Mm, you know, that yeah, was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because them folks from Texas that were sitting next to me, they were up visiting Montana, and they were, you know, they were, uh, you know, all of us started kind of singing along with you playing um, tonight. We ride, and I, I leaned over because they were they were kind of like they were enjoying it, but they were kind of i don't know they weren't they weren't as into it as the rest of us were and uh said you guys just listen to tom russell down there i go no we don't know who that is you know? and it's like oh say so, well he's kind of a canadian montana kind of yeah, northern guy i mean but we're like we're in southern canada you know yeah so, like. <laughs> yeah, so you know <laughs> yeah because i know it's like you know your music kind of went back and forth from yeah, some of that Texas stuff to like, you know, like the It Tyler does. Ch- I I Tyler cover Childers. the uh, I cover a lot of the West. But yeah, there's there's uh, there's some strong Kentucky influence, mm-hmm. you know, like with with Tyler Childers and stuff like that, but it's just folk music in general yeah. is really what it is. You know, I do a number of John Prine tunes too, like it's not all Texas songwriters. There's yeah. there's a lot of other stuff. There's Tom Russell in there, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of cultural wall, you know. I mean, yeah. we, we cover everything from Texas to Canada yeah. and a little bit over into Kentucky and Tennessee. You mm-hmm. know? <laughs> well, and so you mentioned like the songwriters and stuff that you get your music from. Is how does that like if you want to take a songwriter song and then record it at you know record it you singing it and stuff like that? Do you have to go through any legal do you have to get permission do you have to or is it just you can just cover it and you know i'm gonna be honest with you i don't actually know i have never recorded a cover oh okay i play plenty of covers in my live show Mm. but no all of all of my albums everything you'll find on spotify was i wrote i wrote all of that okay with the exception of i think one song currently and a couple more coming out my friend john mm-hmm. out of, also out of pinedale he doesn't live in pinedale anymore he lives in steamboat springs now you know plug for john fogg down there like <laughs> if you ever down in steamboat springs you want to hear some good ass country writing you know john fogg down there in steamboat he uh he's actually written or co-written a number of songs for some artists here and there who are not like super huge but mm-hmm. You know some some pretty solid mid-level guys. He's a he's a really great writer, and we've we've done a little bit of writing together. And I cover some of his stuff, mm-hmm. but I, I like to keep it obscure. You know, like, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm happy to use John's songs and mm-hmm. cover some of that. But you know, that's that's just a little like, you know, buddies is like, hey, John, can, like, that's a good song. Like, do you care if I record it? And he's like, yeah, go ahead. You know, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, I've never covered like somebody like famous and yeah. been like, oh well, can I cover your song on the album? Like, I don't, I don't know if there's some sort of process. Yeah, what no. you got to go through, I have no idea. Well, that's what, I, yeah, that's what. I'm not a clue. Sure about. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, you hear a lot of guys covering other people's songs, end up on an album or something. Uh-huh. It's like, well, that's. I don't know how they do that. I'm, I'm kind of just an an idiot, you know. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I should probably look into that because I have a number of covers that I think. I think are pretty great would be really cool on an album you know there's there's certain songs I play people are like man I really love the way you do that song like it's it's different than uh, it's different than you know so and so whoever mm-hmm. wrote it like I like your version better and this and that and I'm like well that's cool but I, I don't even know where to begin to record somebody else's song yeah yeah it's foreign to me huh yeah that's interesting I don't know I, I wouldn't even know how to find out how do you I mean I don't know. Yeah. I guess we asked the Google or something. Yeah. Resort to Google. One and yeah, you know, I got so many of my own songs yeah. though. It's like I don't really have to borrow other people's mm. stuff. Would I like to? Would it be cool to? Do I think my Do I think my fans would like it? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, in terms of keeping it simple, mm-hmm. I'll just play my own shit. Yeah. I got plenty of my own songs mm-hmm. and, a, and a couple of Johns. You know, I'll play some of his stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, so how many albums do you have out right now? Uh, currently, I got two full-length albums and an EP, and I got another full-length album in the works right now. Oh, a bunch okay. of the songs I played last night were, uh, were or are coming out on the new album. Stuff like Firewater, mm-hmm. <laughs> that uh, song about debauchery. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that, uh, that's coming out on the next album. Uh, we Could Die Out Here, that one that I played earlier in the night. One about uh, sleeping in Walmart parking lots, eating gas station food, and just the struggles of being a, you know, broke ass touring country musician mm-hmm. that you know come up from nothing. Yeah, well, and that song, you know, like music influences a lot of stuff. You know, like that song can translate over to you know rodeo cowboys. It actually you know, it does can... translate to rodeo. I had a buddy. Uh, Another guy out of Pinedale who used to be a rodeo cowboy, Jared Rogerson. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Jared Rogerson was a rodeo cowboy, and now he's a he's doing pretty well for himself as a musician. Um, he's done he's done some stuff with Bren Hill, if you're familiar yeah. with Bren Hill. But uh, yeah, I remember Jared telling me one time, like when I kind of first started out, he was like, "That sounds like how I used to rodeo." <laughs> like when I first started playing music, I mean, I was just a just a broke ass cowboy that wanted to be a singer. Yeah. And, you know, and it was like, well, if I drive down to the bar and I get too drunk, I just sleep in the back of the pickup, you know? I had a shell and stuff and a yeah. bed and a bedroll, mm-hmm. and I'll just crawl in there with the dog and just go to sleep. If you get too drunk, you just drive home in the morning, you know, like, no yeah. big deal. I mean, you're a cowboy. You sleep on the ground all the time. Like, sleep in the back of the pickup, you're fine. And yeah. I'm like, well, I could do that and just take the guitar with me and I could start playing places. And so in the very early days of uh, Rooster, I mean, before it was even Reckless Rooster, it was just Rooster. Yeah. Um, I just went by my name. I'm Rooster. Hey, I'm playing songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I did. I would I would drive to these little rural saloons and honky-tonks. I would play music, and then I would sleep in my bedroll in the bed of my pickup with my dog. Heck yeah. And that's that's how the whole thing got started. I mean, it was bare bones. I mean, we were roughing it. Mm-hmm. Like hardcore roughing it, you know. Like yeah. there was there was no luxury involved in any of this. There was no such thing as like, oh yeah, I'm gonna meet some women at the bar and take them back to what my my pickup. Yeah. Like, like anyone come sleep in my bedroll with my dog? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, you know, but I was doing the damn thing and I was mm-hmm. determined. So. 
Well, you know, that's like the, the joke of well, Boots character. You know, like yeah, that, that con- I, well, I damn sure honesty, it, does. it really does. It you does. Know, you know, it teaches you to. I get a lot of people um, compliment, even today, um, some of those old uh, road songs. You know, or mm. I just, just I just wrote about how rough life was on the road. Yeah. You know, just just out there fucking getting it and. And you know, like living off of nothing, mm-hmm. you, you might barely have enough money to make it to the next town, which is just like rodeo. You know, like yeah. you might be lucky to feed yourself and get to the next, get to the next event. Mm-hmm. And you know, like there's this thin margin of error, especially uh, touring in the winter as a musician. You know, there's road closures and stuff like yeah. that. And, you know, my uh, my buddy Matthew Bashaw, who fronts uh, Matthew and the Hope out of Salt Lake City. Okay. I've, I've been his fiddler for almost eight years now. Oh, really? Yeah, we're really good friends, but. Yeah, when I first started out with that outfit, man, Matthew and I did some wild drives to places we had no business driving to with the amount of risk involved (laughs) for the amount of money that we were going to make. But back in those days, it was literally, as we called it, it was do or die trying. Yeah. Like, we need to drive 300 miles through a blizzard to this bar so we can play, Mm -hmm. so we can get paid $100 a piece. Because if we don't, we're going to go home with no rent money and we're going to get kicked the fuck out or we're not going to eat for the next week. Like, yeah. it literally was survival. And it was <laughs> it was like, if we don't make it to this gig, we better die on the way to the gig. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, that was our mentality for mm-hmm. a long time. And it's kind of just shaped, like, who we are as musicians and, and how I operate, you know, the Reckless Rooster thing. Like... I mean, knock on wood, man. I've never missed a gig that was canceled on my end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've a couple times, very rarely, had a venue that could not open because of, like, inclement weather or something Mm -hmm. like that. But I've never not shown up to a gig myself. Uh, I've shown up sicker than a dog, Mm -hmm. you know, just, like, feeling like death warmed over. Yeah. I've showed up drunk. I've showed up hungover in every various state you could imagine that somebody could ever show up to work in uh-huh. and I get the job done it's that cowboy mentality you know you, you get oh, out yeah. there and you do the job yeah totally. <laughs> well that's what even starting off as an announcer I've you know had to haul my sound equipment in the bed yeah. of the truck with a tarp over it sleeping in the cab kind of yep. dealing and, you know and, it's just like that yeah. man I mean, that's, and that's just as an announcer I'm not you know I'm not a, I'm not competing like that you know but still yeah, yeah you're just it's just I mean it's it's it's, a it's, uh, it's the cowboy mentality and I think that lends a lot to what I do as a musician I, honestly if I if I hadn't uh, been a cowboy and a mule packer previously to being a professional musician I don't think I would have ever got as far as I have now or ever got anything done you know like just that that blue collar hard work and just like not quitting till the job is done kind of mentality mm-hmm. it's just paid off you know Absolutely. Well, so you kind of, st- you know, you were talking about, you know, kind of what's roughing it, starting out and all that stuff. Yeah. You said your name's, you said your name, you said you introduced yourself originally as just Rooster. Mm-hmm. Well, so where did, where did Reckless Rooster and the ranch come from? <laughs> how did they, where, where, where does that fall how, into how the... Do we, how do yeah. we fill out the rest of yeah. the moniker? Yeah. Um, well, so Rooster was the nickname. Uh-huh. And I guess I should I should probably give the background on the name, too. It's, it's not my given name on my birth certificate. Mm-hmm. Um, so years ago, when I joined Matthew and the Hope, mm-hmm. um, my given name is Matthew. Mm-hmm. But I joined a band where the lead guy's name was Matthew. Yeah. And so when we 
first started playing our first few gigs together, people would be like, "Hey, which one of you guys is Matthew?" And like, we both raise our hands, <laughs> and people are like, "All right, this is too, this is too confusing. Yeah. Like, you can't both be Matthew." And it's like, "Well, we are. Well, what do we do?" And so the band, their consensus was, um, "Do you got like a nickname or something we can call you?" Because like, he's already Matthew. You can't be Matthew too. Like, this is too confusing. We're confusing everybody. It's it's difficult to explain. We're playing in bars and honky tonks and saloons. People are drunk. Yeah. Like yeah. you know, we need to dumb this down. <laughs> like you can't both be Matthew, you gotta be somebody else. And they're like, Oh, do you have a nickname or something? And my mom had kinda mentioned this nickname, uh, Rooster. My hair has a lot of natural volume and it kind of just like sticks straight off of my head uh-huh. when I'm not wearing a hat which is super rare because I'm pretty much always wearing my old Stetson yeah. but uh, yeah it just sticks straight off of my head and it kind of like flows over like crusted chickens <laughs> if you've ever seen them Yeah. and so that was my mom would always say like, you look like a damn rooster with your hair like that and, and well, so I told these guys and I was like well I mean, my mom jokes and calls me Rooster sometimes, and they were like, oh, that's a great name. Let's go with that. And so they started calling me Rooster, mm-hmm. and so I was playing these shows all over the West with uh, Matthew and the Hope, telling people my name was Rooster. Mm-hmm. And then what do you know? You spend all that time telling people your name is Rooster, and then your name is Rooster. <laughs> yeah. Just instantly becomes Rooster. Yeah, yeah, it becomes Rooster. Your old name fades away. People only know you as Rooster. And then... Uh, the reckless rooster part came from when I finally decided I wanted to get serious about being a musician and playing. And uh, there's already a, a cover band, a pretty popular cover band mm-hmm. called Rooster. And so it's like, all right, well, I can't be just Rooster. I got to be something else. And so a throwback to some of my Wilder cowboy days and the shit that I used to do, I was like, Reckless, reckless kind of fits, you know. Mm-hmm. It's fitting, like reckless rooster. That sounds good together. So I, I adopted the reckless rooster idea because I'm like that sets me apart from being just rooster. It's the reckless rooster. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the ranch is also just a tribute to having been a working ranch cowboy. You know, in my early twenties, I'm like, I gotta have a band name. Mm-hmm. You know, if I ever do play with a band, which still hasn't happened <laughs> due to geographic uh, yeah. <laughs> limitations, but uh, yeah, no. So the whole name ended up being Reckless Rooster and the Ranch. Mm-hmm. So you are Reckless Rooster and the Ranch. I am yes. Reckless Rooster and I'm the Ranch. Yeah, you're yep. uh, covering it all there. I am. I'm covering it all. It's like a one-man cattle operation. You know. Yeah. Like, well, I think, like you were saying before recording here, people ask you all the time, "Well, who's the Ranch?" You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's you. <laughs> it is. That's the big secret. There, there is a backing band on one of the albums on the mountain. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's fiddle, dobro, uh, might even be some banjo, accordion, mm-hmm. bass, drums. I mean, all that stuff. There's a whole band backing me up. Yeah. But it's actually me. Huh. I'm playing all those instruments. It took me two and a half years to record that album. Really? Ten songs. Yeah. Because I had to play every single part myself mm-hmm. in addition to writing the songs and being the audio engineer and like uh, yeah it was such a massive feat it's kind of where the name the mountain came from you know it's mm-hmm. like it's like that was such a big a big hurdle to overcome it was like trying to summit a mountain yeah and so i named the album the mountain 
Like, <laughs> just because of how big it was. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably never do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. That would, ugh. I mean, heck, just recording these is a little bit of a process for me. Yeah. And I do very little. Like I said, these, like I always say, these are unedited. I don't, I don't, I don't edit them. You know, we gotta, we gotta hear the real deal. You know. And, My last yeah. album was done. But, in about three days. Sad Bastard Tunes was done in about three days. Really? I recorded it in my van, my old van I used to have. Uh, the backstory on that was uh, I was on tour in Salt Lake City, Utah with, with Matthew and the Hope with my band, mm-hmm. those guys, and I was playing a bunch of shows with them, and that was right when the whole COVID pandemic thing hit. And uh, I was three days into 10 days worth of shows, and they shut everything down, just hard stop. You know, and then uh, even restaurants started closing. I had a had a backup job back at home in Pinedale at the at the local brewery, and that was shut down too. And so then here I am in Salt Lake City in a van with two dogs, and I have no job, and I have no second job, and I'm like, shit, what do I do now? And so I decided not to go back to Pinedale because of how small it was. Yeah. And the odds of like finding a job were significantly lower than finding a job and. Salt Lake, mm-hmm. and so I think about three days later, I had a job driving a box truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they allowed my dogs, and so yeah. I, I became a trucker for three months. Oh, <laughs> me and my dogs, and we we drove all up and down the Wasatch Range, mm-hmm. uh, moving goods for people, hauling international air freight, hauled a bunch of Amazon shit. Like Amazon exploded during COVID, yeah. so there was that, and so uh, I had job security in that. Mm-hmm. And uh, during that time, I also had a lot of downtime. I had recording equipment with me. I had a lot of new songs that I wanted to get out. And I was like, I'm just going to record it right here in the van. Like, just acoustic. Yeah. I'm just going to sing the songs, and we're just going to send it. Yeah. And that's what I did. And, and it ended up being the, the best album I've had so far. People love Sad Bastard Tunes. They're like, dude, that's some of your best writing. It's just so raw. It's... They're like, that's what we want to hear, you know? Like, I mean, the mountain was cool. It's, mm-hmm. gr- it's great to have the backing band and stuff, but they were like, what we really want to hear is just you playing your songs. Yeah. Just raw. And the lyrics and, and your voice and the guitar playing and stuff. So mm-hmm. I got a, another album I'm working on right now, which is, like, like I mentioned earlier, some of those songs that I played last night mm-hmm. that are coming out on the new one. Some of the even better writing that I just haven't had the chance to, to track yet. Uh, that'll be coming out hopefully sometime in 2023. I think I might I might release it like a song at a time, mm-hmm. culminating in the release of the entire album maybe by the end of the year. But uh, that one that one will be coming out. It's called Death on the Highway. Oh really? That's, yeah, it's just kind of a cool name. Yeah, it's, it's just that tribute to uh, you know the early days, like I was saying earlier when I was touring solo or touring with Matthew and like. Man, we just had to, like, get to the gig. Mm-hmm. It was like, do or die trying. Yeah. You know, it's like, we could, we could die out here. And if we don't get to our gig and get get the job done and get paid, we might as well be dead anyway. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> run, running that risk, you know, for not much gain. But, I mean, what else are you going to do, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, so, so yeah, because you mentioned the whole COVID bullshit, you know? Yeah. That, that, Holy so shit. at what point did you kind of, were you able to get back to kind of going again and what what did that look like versus before you know it was pretty uh, changes wow and- um yeah it was it was weird and then and there was a bunch of changes in that uh 
up to 2019, I was, you know, I was doing the Reckless Rooster thing, playing a lot of one-man band stuff, playing with Matthew and Hope off and on, which I, which I still, I mean, that's still what I'm doing. Uh, before then, I was not in fire though mm-hmm. I just played music full time oh, okay. like I want to say in 2019 I toured eight different states I played over a hundred shows that year and I logged about 40,000 miles touring really yeah oh. yeah and mostly like sleeping in the vehicle kind of mm. touring like like really roughing it hard yeah you know it was it was it was just the stuff that I started out doing just like magnified and mm-hmm. balls to the wall and then I hit the 2020 thing and everything shut down uh, I didn't have any gigs or touring for about 10 months solid really Ooh. yeah yeah so we got weird but right before the whole COVID thing had happened in I want to say 20 2018 2018, we had a really bad forest fire in Sublette County. Mm-hmm. I think we lost 50 or 60 structures. Really? Oh, yeah, really? like a like a bad, yeah. bad one. At one point, it was like the worst one in the nation. It was the Roosevelt fire. Oh yeah. Yeah, might have might have heard of it. Like it made some big news. And uh, and I was like, hey, you know, like I don't want to see my home burn down. Mm-hmm. Like I am, I'm young, I'm fit. Like I could definitely do something about this and so I'm like I'm gonna go join the the volunteer fire department so that like if my community you know where I live mm-hmm. if, if that's ever like in need again of people to do something about it I'm gonna go do something about it so I joined which would have been that winter 2019 January mm-hmm. I joined the fire department went through the training and then when uh, I went through the fire academy in 2020 because I joined Late, they, the the academy had already started the year I joined, mm-hmm. and so I had to wait until the following January, which was 2020, so right before COVID kicked off. And so I was going through training to be a firefighter when COVID happened. Had to do a bunch of online learning, but I still got through. Still got all my certs and everything. And so that summer of 2020, about three months into being a trucker, wildland fire season kicked off. Right, mm-hmm. like I want to say June. Yeah, and uh, and I had just barely got certified, and I was ready to rock and roll. And they were like, "Hey, we need people to fight fire," mm-hmm. and so I dropped all the trucking, I dropped all the music, and I went out and started fighting fighting forest fires. And we had one hell of a season, my rookie season, dude. I learned so much. I mean, there there was everything from like how boring it can be yeah. driving across the country and you know sitting in the staging and have nothing to do to I mean we, we had an event where we almost got burnt over oh, in, in my rookie year and I was like what am I doing with my life like <laughs> do I really want to do this for a job yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh paid off man that's... I stuck with it and I'm still doing it yeah. and, it, and, it's, and it's really made it's made my music bigger and better too you know mm-hmm. just to have that that uh, that outlet and that extra income in the summer helps to uh, support it. Well, yeah. So like, when you are fighting fires and stuff like that, you you do have downtime at those camps. Do they, do they let you bring your guitar and stuff? Do you get to sit around and pick a little bit, um, or is it kind of? It's. I don't always do that, but sometimes I do. I have a little travel guitar that I've taken um, in the engine. You know, when when you're uh, when you're riding on an engine, you got. Mm-hmm. 
well, if it's if it's like a Type Five or Six, which is like your dually pickups, yeah, you don't have as much room. But if you're in one of those big old like Type Three or Fours, which is like the quad quad cab Freightliner or International, mm-hmm. or whatever, like you get a little bit more room on some of those engines. And uh, so yeah, occasionally I've taken like a fiddle or a little travel guitar <laughs> and, and played played a little bit of music while we've been out, just having downtime. I do a lot of reading. Oh yeah, a big big bookworm when I'm when I'm on the road. It's, uh, it's about the only time I have, you know, so many hours to myself to just hang out and read. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've read some some fantastic books in the last three years of fighting wildfire. Stuff that I never would have had the time to, to finish. I, I read Lonesome Dove. Oh, really? A couple, a couple seasons ago, which, I mean, you know, is a, a big book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, that's a lot of chapters, a lot of reading, a lot of pages. Probably like 800 pages or something crazy mm-hmm. like that. And uh, you know, I I got I got the opportunity to read that. That was that was cool. Yeah. Well, did you know that that book and then later the movie is actually based on uh, Nelson's story up here in Montana? Yeah, the yeah. Uh, loving Goodnight Loving Cattle Company. Yeah. Out of out of Texas, pushing their herd to Montana. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. <laughs> the Story Ranch up here. Yeah. That, yeah. Nelson's story. He pretty much yep. started Bozeman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was a thing. Yeah. It's it's pretty neat. There's you know? a there's a lot of a lot of great cowboy tales from that that are based on that or actually are true. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob Fudge comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. Bob Fudge was like probably one of the first cowboys to, I guess, put put down and telling his story. Like, hey, this is like what we did. Mm-hmm. People are like, wow, that's some wild ass shit. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, talking about fucking floods and river crossings and, and Indian raids and like yeah. holy shit man like, oh I know it yeah. wow I, I mean I can only imagine trying to cross the country in the in the 1800s from Texas to Montana yeah. you know when there was still nothing out here mm-hmm. you know literally just the wild yeah and you're gonna push all these cows mm-hmm. all it, like 3,000 miles or whatever the hell that is yeah he just Texas just to Montana kept going you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, even like Lou Lamore, you know, has some of his stories. Yeah, yeah big know. fan of Lou Lamore. I got a, a whole uh, shelf on one of my bookshelves that's just Louis Lamore books. Really? You know? Yeah, big yeah, big into Western. Oh, yeah. Probably probably gain a lot of inspiration from, from music and stuff from there. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like the Western lifestyle, cowboy and mule pack and all that stuff is just such a big part of who I am. Like, yeah. You know? I'm tied. I'm tied to it as much as it's tied to me. It yeah. shapes who I am and where I play. I mean, it all ties together, you know. Yeah, it, it, it's a lifestyle, you know. It's that's it's, it's great, you know. Uh, but uh, Casey Farr, that's that's who's walking by here at the bar. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Oh yeah, we're recording. We're, we're recording live, indirect, not on tape. Got something you want to say? I love you, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Mom. That's all Casey's got to say. Hell yeah. That's about right. <laughs> you know run. Actually, I'm pretty certain we were going to run into him anyway. He's always down there. But anyway. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, he puts on a good rodeo out here. Hell but, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, cool. But uh, anyway, let's get back to this here. Uh, so, you had mentioned, too, some competitions in singing. You mentioned that a little Oh, Let's talk uh, about that a little bit. Competing and yeah. stuff like music, music contests. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've done some of that. Uh, 
I, I did a lot of that stuff as a as a fiddler. So when I was like 15, 16, 17, uh, we figured out that fiddle competitions were a thing. Really? Yeah, and so uh, my folks took me to a bunch of those. I won a lot of like second and first place titles at various competitions around mostly like around Utah and stuff like that uh, a little bit into Wyoming up into Idaho kind of just that whole region of the world like eastern eastern Idaho western Montana and northern Utah is like that's really where I'm from mm-hmm. you know people are say they're from a state originally I'm from Utah but I spent time cowboying in Idaho. Mm-hmm. I spent time packing mules in Wyoming. You know, so I, that, that whole little region there is kind of really where I'm from. Yeah, just the mountains. I like that's what I tell people. I'm from the mountains. Yeah. So how does those comp so competitions work there? Is it, uh, they give you, they give you like, you, okay, you play one song kind of deal. And then- they can be state. They can be regional. Um, at least in the fiddle world, you play three songs. You play a hoedown, a waltz, and then a tune of choice, which has to be not a hoedown or a waltz. It has to be oh. something different. It can be a rag. Mm-hmm. It can be anything, really, <laughs> as long as it's not one of those. And uh, and you have, I want to say, you have about five minutes mm-hmm. to play all three of those. Judging is blind. So you play into a microphone while somebody in another room listens to it, and so they, they, you know, it's not judged based on your appearance, mm-hmm. how you look, you know, whether you're uh, a man or a woman. Mm-hmm. Like they, they're just judging you on your playing. Yeah. If you're in it long enough, they can tell who's playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like just like a singer, like they can mm-hmm. tell your style. They might know who you are anyway. But um, yeah, I did a little bit of that. I got out of competing. Though, I just, I never quite played the style that they wanted to hear in competitions. They're big on Texas swing, and oh. I have always been more of like a grass fiddler. Okay. And an improvisationalist, you know, so like I break tradition and I don't, I don't play by the rules. Yeah. So, I kind of got out of competing there. Uh, as far as songwriting competitions, I actually just entered my first one this last summer. Uh, Wyoming had a Wyoming singer-songwriter competition. Mm-hmm. I'd known about it for several years, but it's in the summer when I'm always fighting fire, so it just never lined up until this year. I happened to be home from deployment just in time to go to a regional qualifier and go to the finals in the same weekend. Oh, really? Yeah, just randomly worked out, right? Like, I got home, like, the day before, went out to this competition, and then I want to say a day or two later, I got deployed again. Oh. So, like... It just fell together. Yeah, Yeah. best best timing in the world is what happened. And, uh... In in this one, you enter three original songs. I entered We Could Die Out Here, The Bitter End, and I think I entered Sucker for a Sweetheart. Sucker for a Sweetheart and The Bitter End are both on the last album, Sad Bastard Tunes. We Could Die Out Here is coming out on the new one, Mm -hmm. uh, Death on the Highway, so it's 
yet to be recorded, but you can still find it somewhere, probably on YouTube or Instagram or something like that. But So I entered those three tunes, and the bitter end actually got me into the semifinals, which is about top 20 in the state or so. Uh, I did not advance past the semifinals, but I had a really good time. Wyoming, much like Montana, is all way spread apart. There's mountain ranges that prohibit you from going literally just to the next town over. Mm. You know, if you were anywhere else, like the next town over is like 20 minutes. Yeah. But in Wyoming, it might be two hours <laughs> and a hundred miles because you have to drive all the way yeah. around a mountain range to get there. Resource so, back to that Corb Lund song. There are no roads here. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and so you know, it was great just to just to meet all the other musicians in Wyoming and get to hang out with them. We had jams every night. You know. For like four nights in a row uh, that was cool I, I would love to enter something like that again maybe mm-hmm. but uh, stuff like that's always in the summer and I'm always fighting fire and that just yeah, you know it just doesn't line up very well maybe maybe someday in the future if music gets bigger and better mm-hmm. and I make better money at that fighting fire all summer might not be as much of a necessity to like make a living and get by yeah so maybe i can just do like a few deployments in a summer rather than just like all summer yeah but you know we'll see we're working up to that i'm gonna go into my fourth fourth year of fighting fire this next summer i guess fourth that sounds right. I don't yeah, know. I'm, like I'm not really keeping track too well. We're gonna go with that. I'm yeah. like, yeah, this is what I do now. I just fight fire. We're not. We're not. We're not counting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, things things get bigger and better yeah, in what's the fire up? world. You look really familiar. Yeah. You sing, obviously, right? Yes, sir. What do you sing? Country. Rooster. Rooster. One of my songs? I've played here before. Where are you from? Washington. You're from Washington? Man, what I haven't town? played out there. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm from I'm from Yakima. Yakima. Oh, really? Yeah. Got here, some, I don't know, man. Got some folks asking we'll questions over here. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll figure it out yeah, there. We'll, we'll, Look it up. I'm playing yeah, here tonight, though. Are you? Yeah. Start about Sorry, 7 o'clock. Oh, you're tonight. good, buddy. You're, you're, you know, you're good. You're good. You know, that's the best part about recording in a bar is, you know, you get people coming up and talking to you and whatnot. You know, the, I'm Dustin. Huh? Dustin. Dustin. Yeah, nice to meet you, buddy. Me oh, no kidding. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> this is unique. It's cool. Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah, I know. I wish. I, I hope this picked up some of just people coming up and talking a little bit it, here. It know? might have. Yeah. yeah. You're kind of from Wyoming. But uh, yeah, like I said, this is the first time I ever recorded in a bar. So you know, this is this kind of. This is a great bar to do it in. Too, exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No. I, this is uh this definitely fits my style. I love I love playing at the old saloon. You know, people mm-hmm. people ask like what's what's your what's your preferred type of venue to play in, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, some people play stadiums, some people busk on the street, like everybody's kind of got their own element that they fit into. Yeah. And with my background in cowboy and meal packing, spending a lot of time in like really rural places. Mm-hmm. Uh 
honky-tonks, bars, saloons, dives are like my go-to place. Like I love to play at the local bar in a 100-person cow town, mm -hmm. you know, that's like on the edge of civilization. And those are where my best shows are. I have the best times there. I meet the coolest people. We connect. You know, those, yeah. are, those are the people who actually really like my music, mm -hmm. you know, that actually listen to my stuff yeah. or that sing along to the kind of covers I play. Like, mm -hmm. We all just well, seem, we seem to have that vibe, you know, like we, yeah. we pick up on each other. It's like, yeah, well, that's, it's, that's what we like. Yeah, in these little towns, it's all, you know, working class. You know, it's all, yeah. it's all, it's you know, blue cowboy, collar, yeah. man. Yeah. Cowboys, ranchers, truck drivers, doesn't matter. Uh -huh. You know, it's all the, yeah, like blue collar and, you know, we all, everybody's kind of got the same you know, style of music they like, especially out here at Montana, Wyoming, yeah. around here, you know? Yep. Um, and, you, like, your style of music, for example, you know, it's kind of, people call it, the like, the old style, like, the, the old, you know, kind of the older, because you listen to radio nowadays, it's all that pop country garbage stuff. That, yeah. You know, and, like, yeah, yeah. where... No, you know, no thanks. <laughs> or, or they classify what is real country music, like your music, or, like, you know... Um, Say, it's still out there, but they yeah. don't call it country music. Yeah, they, right now they call it Americana yeah, or like folk, music, folk or yeah. whatever. And Which, to me, this, still country this music. is <laughs> this is country music. The stuff they play on the radio is not. No, it's, and that's, it's and, so much closer to being pop than it is country. It's yeah. like it's like pop with some country twang. Yeah, well, and that's the thing too. These little towns and stuff like that. They they listen to. Country, actual country, yeah, actual country <laughs> yeah. you know they're like still the, listening to the, the old shit and, yeah and whatever is uh oh man there's this thing i always like to say when i'm uh when i'm playing when i'm playing live shows i always like to tell people hey i like to play i like to play old country music because i grew up on my grandfather's country music mm -hmm. i was like i like to play old country music and i like to cover new country music this sounds like old country yeah. music <laughs> Heck yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> You know, and but, it goes over well. People people love to hear stuff like Zach Bryan or, mm -hmm. or Tyler Childers, or yeah. shit like that. Like they're like that sounds like something that was recorded fifty or sixty years ago, mm -hmm. but it wasn't. Yeah, but it sounds like it was. <laughs> well, that's like I can't. I think it was Apocalypse Now. We play country and western. Yeah, yeah, both you know, types. <laughs> yeah. play it all. You know, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it when people people ask me to play something like Luke Bryan. Like we don't play any of that around yeah. here. Uh uh. We don't wear skinny jeans around here. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard of her. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but well, hey. So, what's the best way people? You know, because I'm sure people are listening to some like, well, heck, I want to listen to oh, Rooster's yeah, music now. What's, what's the sure. best way to hear your music, or what's the best way to buy your music? And um, the best way to buy my music is direct at a show which is probably not the most convenient thing but you know I'm an old school cowboy I deal in cash yeah <laughs> we don't do a whole lot of digital stuff mm -hmm. um, the easiest way to listen definitely is streaming okay it does not it does not pay very well for an artist and that's kind of the downside you you, you come to a show and you buy my CD for $10, mm -hmm. I get $10. Yeah. You know, you listen to me on Spotify 10,000 times and I don't get a dime. Yeah. So. But it's there. It's yeah. There, it's there for the fans. I mean, that's... Easier to listen to, I guess, you know. That's, yeah, that, that's why I've recorded, that's why it's there, is so that... So that people can access it. It's, it's an accessibility mm -hmm. thing is really what it is. 
I'm not out there to get streams and streams and streams. Yeah. I, I am a live musician and I want to play live mm-hmm. and I want people to come to the show. Yeah. Like, you really want to listen to Rooster? You should come to a show. Yeah. The albums, they're okay. They're not that great. It's definitely not my best work. It's just there so that people can can hear it and access it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I liked about your show is like because you did you would switch you'd play covers and then you'd play your stuff. Yeah. And then you'd play you know just you just kept you know keeping it back and forth you know and and like you were saying and some of your covers almost sounded better than the original stuff you know it, it, it did. I <laughs> yeah, mean, it, some people kind of like certain covers better and is yeah. I, I when I do covers I try not to sing them mm. just like the album you know yeah. I'm like. I like a song, and then I try to take it and make it my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do you have a website or anything like that too? Yes. Ah, uh, yeah. That's that's another good one. Uh, www.hearthereoostercrow.com. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I mean that that is your access to everything. Hearthereoostercrow.com. Uh, you can you can listen to the albums on there. You can actually buy them through the website. Okay. I mean, it will cost you shipping and stuff like that. You can also buy merch. But you can listen to them there. You can find my Facebook, my Instagram, my YouTube, mm-hmm. all right there on the website. Like, I would say, you know, I, I, could, I could name each individual one, or you could just go to the website and get all of it. Yeah. It's a lot easier that way. It's streamlined. Um and a lot of my handles are the same, you know. Facebook is going to be facebook.com slash hear the rooster crow. Mm-hmm. Instagram is going to be at hear the rooster crow. You, know, okay. you, you want to get a hold of me to book a show, it's hear the rooster crow at Gmail. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it's usually what, at the end of my shows, that's why it's a tradition, is I'll always ask the person I'm interviewing, you got Instagram, you got Facebook, yep. you know, let's let's get you a little something there. So we, we just covered that part of it. So I'm that's not exactly a great at social media or promotion mm-hmm. or stuff like that. I'm just. I'm just not, I'm just not a kind of guy. I mean, this, this hell, this is probably like the first actual kind of like an interview sort of thing I've ever done. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really do much PR or anything like that. I'm just a, I'm just a road dogging live musician, you know. Uh-huh. I, I go out and play little rural honky tonks and saloons, and I play a lot of them. Yeah. That's about all I do. Well, <laughs> absolutely. Well, that's why I do this this type yeah. of deal is for you know, you know, you like like you doing you know just the, the guys that don't you know have a big you know entourage of you know, yeah you know rodeo cowboys you know some of the guys that like the, the local guys around here like um uh, uh tracer croy he, he was a bolt rider that ridden pbr prc mm-hmm. he, was, he was on my last episode actually you know just like the 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 guys that don't do the big big you know, elaborate stuff. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, yeah. It's just, that's and you know, because you won't th- that's see me part. on a music festival. Yeah, you know, you'll see a lot of. I mean, I play a lot of the same places as like some mid-level bands do, mm-hmm. and they're gaining a lot of traction playing music festivals and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But you won't. Uh, let's try and get another brew. Yeah. Hey, maybe we get another round. Yeah. What are you drinking? Uh, honey rye and uh, Coors and orange juice. Thank there you, you go. Yeah. What was I saying? Oh yeah. So. um a lot of bands, they, they kind of carve their name out of, like, touring the same circuits I do, right? Mm. But they start to gain a lot of traction, and people really start to notice them when they play, like, music festivals and stuff. Yeah. 
or you know some bigger touring band hears about them and is like hey that's a badass local band let's have them open for us mm-hmm. so you'll go to see you know so and so that you you've heard and you know well yeah and then that other band is their opening so then you get to know them too mm-hmm. like i have in eight almost eight years of touring i've never opened for anyone mm-hmm. ever as Reckless Rooster. I've, I've been a fiddler yeah. for other bands and like they might have opened for somebody that I was basically a contractor mm-hmm. hired to play fiddle with them but like Reckless Rooster that name that the artist what I do my solo project mm-hmm. has never thank you thank you as a uh, yep <laughs> has switched around there. has uh, has never opened for anybody mm-hmm. ever really it's hard to believe I know like people don't ever believe that but what? No, never ever. Yeah, I played one music festival once. No kidding. Just randomly. Yeah, just for the heck of it. Yeah. 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 No, I don't. I don't ever get on anything big. I'm never in anything that's like gonna put me in the spotlight. You know, like you'll find me in the dingiest dive bar down the street while there's a big event going on in town. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Absolutely, man. It, and that, you know, I mean. It's obviously paid off for you pretty well. I mean, um, it took a while to get to where things are at. You know, yeah. I, I would say having that sort of uh, visibility in the public, doing, you know, opening for bigger names or playing music festivals and stuff like that. That that skyrockets and that boosts a lot of bands to, you know, different levels of fame. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 got thousands to hundreds of thousands more Spotify plays than I do and stuff like that but you know are they playing any more gigs than I am no I'm yeah. playing just as many gigs yeah you know I might not have as big of a following but I'm still playing still yeah, touring sure. still having a good time heck yeah no that's that's a lot of it too you know it's not just about the work part it's you gotta have fun too you gotta live yeah, you know, life, and if fun it, you know? if it wasn't fun I wouldn't be doing it yeah. you know People ask me, well, how, how big do you, how big do you want it to get? How big do you want to be? And I'm like, well, I don't, I really don't want to be that big. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, you know. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a fame thing. So, mm-hmm. I don't do much PR. I don't really run a lot of ads. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll put up on Facebook and Instagram like where I'm, where I'm playing, but I might not even post that until the week of. Yeah. You know. Cause I'm not, I don't have a big following of people that are like, gonna come. Like if I if I tried to sell a ticketed show, mm-hmm. nobody would show up in my ticketed show. I might get like two or three people, mm-hmm. you know. Especially depending on what the tickets cost. They better not be more than five dollars. Ain't nobody gonna pay more than five dollars to see yeah. Rooster, you know. Well, I don't know. I think I think you know, I think. <laughs> heck, I don't know if most people in here paid to get come in and see it. Well, they all you know they've obviously all seen it before you know. But, yeah. But um, but they can see me for free here at the bar. You well, know? that's true. Like, yeah. Yeah. And the and the people that that do like what I do, like they they do come out and watch. Mm-hmm. They, they they do pay attention to the schedule and see like oh well, he's playing there again. I'm gonna go down and watch. You know? Yeah. Everywhere I go, there there continues to be a a, a small following, but a small organic following. Mm-hmm. You know, I might only have a thousand people following me on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, but I guarantee you, I've probably in person met almost all one thousand of those yeah. people. You know, they're they're actual real people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, and that's what you know. I thought that was pretty neat last night too. You know, you you know, everybody just sitting there talking to you. You know, and asking you to play. You know, this and that. Mm-hmm. You know, 
just go with the flow and just you know yeah I never write a set list yeah I have I have that iPad that I scroll through which is actually just a giant list of songs mm. all of my own songs uh, a lot of the covers I like to do and uh, and I just either if I don't know what song I want to play next I might just flip through that and I'll be like ah oh, that one sounds good that one might fit you know or yeah you know I, I, I keep I keep a I keep a list of some covers too and people are like hey can you play this band or this band and I was like well I might know how to play one of those songs but I ain't played it in like six months so I can flip through and maybe find it or something mm. you know yeah I'll probably play some songs tonight that I didn't play last night yeah. you know I have a huge list of songs that I know between my own stuff and the stuff I cover so yeah even even in a two night show you get a different show mm-hmm. you know? and that's awesome you know that's yeah yeah because well, this time of year, especially like here in Old Saloon, you get the same people in every night. I try to adapt to the you know? crowd. Yeah. yeah. You know, there'll be the ones people will want to hear again. I mean, yeah. almost certainly we'll have to play Tonight We Ride again yeah, or something yeah. like that. You know, yeah. that's a great old rowdy song, but, you know, it was a little bit of a slower night last night, so mm-hmm. I pulled out some of the... I pulled out some of the sad bastard tunes, you know, yeah. and some of the slower stuff that I write that, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of hard to play in a rowdy bar setting. Yeah. But, you know, if we have a rowdy night tonight, I might play a little bit more of that electric guitar and we might rock out a little yeah. harder. Might play some rock and roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, that's what, you know, that's what makes you, that's what makes you good is that you, you work with what the crowd, you know, you work with the crowd, you know, you kind of see what the crowd's looking like. Yeah. You know, and, you know, rather than having a set list, you know, it, it that's honestly, I mean, I feel like that almost makes more people want to come back and see you because you, because you're a people, little more... People want to be entertained. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what it is, you know, mm-hmm. like, as a musician, your job is to entertain the people that are in front of you, mm-hmm. and if you're not feeling out the crowd or interacting with them or asking them what they, what they want to hear... Yeah. You're basically doing a disservice to them. You're not a fucking jukebox, you know? Yeah, exactly. You are, but you aren't. Yeah. Like, even a jukebox, you know, people put what they want to listen to on the jukebox. Yeah. I guess I should say, like, the radio. Yeah. You don't really pick what's on the radio. It kind of just comes on. Yeah. But, like, on a jukebox, you pick what you want. Yeah. And so I try to do the same thing as a, as a, as a live musician, mm-hmm. is I try to be more like an interactive jukebox. You know, people are like, I want to hear this song. I'm like, okay, yeah. maybe I don't know how to play that song, but here's a song that's kind of like that song, yeah. you know, that I might know. Or, yeah, sorry I don't know that artist, but I got a song that I wrote that's kind of like that song. And so maybe you'll like to hear something you never heard before, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, and that's awesome. I, like I said, I, I like what you do, man. It's 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 really awesome. And, you just know, trying, people, to, trying to adapt, you know? People here, around here really like it, you know? It's just, yeah, well, obviously, they keep having you come back, you know? Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, we've been sitting here talking for an hour and 15 minutes now. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I really got to use the bathroom, so... Uh, Send it. What do you say, uh... Rooster, thank you for agreeing to sit down with me. Yes, and, sir. Uh, uh, one more time, uh, social media. What? Just, uh, uh, easiest way to do that, the website, heartheroostercrow.com. Okay. That'll give you links to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like That's kind of just the main hub. I, I'm, I took the time to build a nice website where you can find everything. I mean, there's even like featured content videos and stuff like that and whatnot right on the website. So you can go there, check that out. Um, you have to pay shipping, but you can even buy merch through there. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, I mean, Reckless Rooster is a live is a live show mm-hmm. that you go and see in a small honky tonk or saloon or dive bar, 
in usually like a rural community. I don't play a whole lot of towns that are you know big. Mm -hmm. Usually about 500 people or less. And so like you really want the rooster experience. You kind of gotta you kind of gotta just be there. Yeah. Like it's not something you're really gonna find on the CD. You know. I mean you can check out some stuff through the website, but I don't do a lot of PR. I don't do a lot of social media stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm a live musician. I drive all over the country and I play live shows pretty much every weekend except for when I'm fighting fire. Yeah. And like that that's the rooster show. That's awesome. That is that is fantastic. And uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, you can find both the C B Rodeo Show and the Reckless Rooster on Spotify. And um, what else are you on? <laughs> you uh, like for streaming, is that you just on Spotify? I'm sure I'm on Probably all kinds of stuff, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah. You know, huh. I, don't, I don't, I don't really listen to yeah. stuff. I listen to old vinyl records at my yeah. house. So. I got a handful of those too. Yeah, but um, yeah. Well, you can find the CB Rodeo Show on Spotify. Um, actually, I'm on every streaming service out there. You can look at, look us up on Apple Music. You can look me up on uh, well every other one out there. I believe I am as well. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, Look me up and tell me where you can find me because I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, well, once again, Rooster, thank you. And, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Um, like I said, you can check me out on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Music, all that. Before we sign off, let's play out one more song. Rooster, what song should we play? Hmm. Let's go. I think I have all. I think I have three of your albums on here. I, I downloaded them on the way out here. I think I've got. Uh, I got the mountain and I've got the sad bastard blues for tunes. So let's get into sad bastard tunes. And uh, how about the house fire? Let's do the house fire. That's a good solid tune. The house fire. All right, here we go. Apparently we There we go. Slow, them timbers are old. 